1: Coming up. I was unable to attend the March meeting when this
2: apology motion was before the council.
1: Because the meeting was held the day after my mum's funeral. I do not wish to distract this council further. My request was not met and I have accepted I have accepted this. We have many pressing matters to be deliberating on. Therefore, I wish to withdraw my motion.
0: A tense and emotional withdrawal of a motion by Councillor Nicole Jonnick, which called for an apology from Theresa Harding. The mayor was excluded from the meeting for this discussion. Hear the mayor's response in this episode. Ipswich has a new deputy mayor for the next 12 months. And at the end of the show, hear a moving tribute to Ipswich's Gay Anderson by Councillor Kate Kunzelman. It's Saturday, April 23, 2022, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today. Which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present, and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people powered web hosting, trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Thank you for speaking with Ipswich today, Mayor Harding. Uh, Thank you, Alan. April's council meeting was anything but ordinary. We'll come to that shortly. The meeting began with two condolence motions.
1: Yeah, um, Uncle Eddie, or Edgar Owen, as he's known, from Mule Lee. Uh, who was a World War II veteran, passed away uh, after just turning 100 uh, last month. So uh, um, Ed, Uncle Eddie was in 36th Squadron when he was in the Air Force and was a World War Two veteran. So it was a nice opportunity to... Um, I guess give that condolence motion to and to give credit to a life well served with a beautiful family. And I guess on a personal note, um, Uncle Eddie was my husband's neighbour when he was my husband was born and raised in Mewli, so it was a bit, a bit personal as well.
0: And Gay Anderson, uh, that mm. news came as a shock when I first heard about her passing. A beautiful tribute from Councillor Kunzman.
1: Councillor was a Philistian, but it was uh, just a. Such a a tragedy that someone so vibrant um, got knocked down by cancer. Um, I attended uh, Gay's funeral and I've got to say, I think she would have loved her funeral service. Um, it really captured her go get nature and her love of family, her friends, her clients and, and Ipswich. So she was a complete trailblazer in business as well as in her family and promoting Ipswich. She will, she will be really, really missed in our community.
0: I'll just highlight here, Councillor Harding, that I will play uh, Councillor Kunzelman's tribute after our chat mm-hmm. on uh, this episode of the show. Two petitions were then presented. Can you briefly discuss what was being asked for and is council likely to agree with the petitioners?
1: So one petition was to uh, reinstate a pedestrian crossing in, in Blackstone and the other petition was to uh, request for River Road to be opened in Bundamba. So, look, we've we've seen the petitions. We've now sent them back to the council to get some information on it. I don't know which way the council will go on. We, it's good practice for us to get the information first and I think listen to uh, residents. But both of them had hundreds of um, uh, signatures on them, so I think it's really important. I have spoken to both people, so it'll be interesting to see what happens.
0: Under matters of public interest, uh, Councillor Paul Tully raised a very good point about the most recent uh, valuations. W- what are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, look, we've discussed extensively. I think I've done a fair bit of media on this as well. Um, it's just very unfair. Um, people are getting paying and or paying land tax on properties that are evaluated pre the flood. In 2011, the, um, you know, the state government actually held them off and delayed them. It's not fair that um, people pay their rates or land tax based on pre-flood land valuation. So look, as a council, we will manage the rate side to, um, so people aren't penalised, but I do call on the state government and the Valuer General to take a common sense approach.
0: The apology notice of motion, Councillor Nicole Jonic put this up a couple of months ago and was uh, present for the April meeting, ultimately withdrew the motion, but not before emotional scenes in the chamber and long periods of silence once you were um, excluded from the meeting. Now that it's the day after we're recording this interview, do you have any other thoughts on what went down in the chamber?
1: I guess, Alan, um, it was good to see that Councillor Johnny withdrew her motion uh, concerning a formal apology for comments that I made on the, the 27th of January and, and she did say it was a, a personal grievance as well. So I guess from my perspective, um, we both had the same conflict of interest, and I had advice from the Department of Local Government um, on that, and for for council to note that. I'm quite concerned that our conflicts of interest were dealt d- uh, differently. Um, I was excluded from participating, and I and I left the room, so I you know didn't see it. Um, whereas Councillor Joint was allowed to participate in the matter, so that inconsistency from a governance perspective is, is quite um, concerning for me, especially for the fact by me not allowing by not being allowed to participate, I was not able to provide witnesses who did hear Councillor Jonick say the word radio. I wasn't able to provide evidence of the technical issues that we've been having with our audiovisual equipment ever since we moved into the building. It's still we're still having problems, and Councillor Joint did dial in for that particular meeting. So, I think it's um a real pity that I do feel like it was a kangaroo court, um that people that I wasn't, given the opportunity to provide uh, my side of the the story. But look, it it happened and um, I think we just move on to the next part of business. I mean, the people of Ipswich have voted for us and uh, are paying us very well to make sure that we lead the city and that we provide um, service delivery. So that's my focus.
0: At the beginning of this term of council, uh, all councillors agreed that uh, there would be a new deputy mayor every 12 months. And there was only one nomination for the next 12 months and Councillor Madsen uh, got up. Was that a surprise for you or you kind of expected it?
1: Oh, no, we had a lot of discussions between ourselves and I think it's nice to share it around to the different divisions. So Division 3 and Division 2 have now had a a, a councillor as a deputy mayor, so... uh, Jacob is a Division one councillor. Um, it was a unanimous vote. Uh, it was really nice to see um, Jacob's partner in the gallery, uh, to see this significant moment in his political career. So um, Jacob has a real passion for Ipswich and I think he'll do um, a really great job.
0: I just want to depart from the April council meeting for a minute and refer mm-hmm. to something that's happened at a, a previous council meeting or a couple of meetings, in fact, and that is the discussion and the pursuing of new councillor office spaces mm-hmm. outside of... Uh, the main council admin building. Mm. It's gone quiet. Is it still going ahead or, or what's happening?
1: Yes, Councillor Johnny brought this up uh, last year um, to make sure that you know councils can ac- have access to residents and residents can have access to their councils as easy as possible. There was a decision by the Interim Administrator to close down the um, electoral offices. Uh, they were costing over $8 million a term and I think council's view is that it's, that money is better spent on kerb and channelling and roads <laughs> than, than on council offices and um, no other council in South Queens and apart from Brisbane actually have electoral offices for councillors. So at the moment, what is happening is that councillors um, either see uh, residents either at their home or elsewhere or at the local libraries and things like that. So I think it's working well at the moment. It's my understanding that all the councillors are happy with the current arrangements. I think there's a compromise to make sure that mm-hmm. it's a cost effective solution has been um, set up. So we now set up those local offices in our libraries.
0: Uh, Back to the April meeting and the Ipswich show. Uh, Organisers should be smiling after Council announced its sponsorship. In fact, it was uh, increased from the officer's recommendation.
1: Uh, We're all looking forward to the show. Black Friday. The 13th of uh, of May to the Sunday, the 15th of May, and it's the show's 149th year. So um, we know that next year is going to be an absolutely massive year as well, being the 150th. So we really want to give uh, the Show Society a little bit more support um, for the show. We also know that by providing a bit more money, it does mean that the Show Society can hold the ticket prices to be the same as last year. And I think it's really important for this show to be as, as accessible as possible for people. So we're delighted to support the show in this way.
0: The Nicholas Street Precinct is certainly uh, edging closer and closer to construction fences coming down. You've recently announced that uh, yourself. Is there any further update since the uh, committee meeting earlier in the month and uh, have there been any more new stores confirmed?
1: So looking forward to those construction fences coming down. They are coming down the next couple of days. Um, when the whole area is done, there'll be 18 tenancies, which run from Bell Street opposite, you know, the railway station through to Nicholas Street opposite the central library. So, but we have taken this derelict mall and delivered a revitalised space for the whole community. We do have a few other tenancies that are very close to being signed and they will go through council as a special meeting and they'll be announced in due course. But in the meantime, we have Sushi Hio, which is a sushi train uh, place, which is actually delicious sushi as well as Gelatissimo and that dumpling place in the Commonwealth Hotel as well as Terry White Kemart, Mart that are confirmed as tenants in that area.
0: And mm. what's the latest on the CBD Cinema?
1: Yeah, look, we're delighted that we're in negotiations with a cinema to put six cinemas uh, in the Nicholas Street precincts. there. Uh, We are doing a a three-month due diligence process and we're probably in the last month of that now. So until that's done, for probity rules, I can't give too much more away, but um, things are going well and uh, it'll be great to see that cinema opening up um, before Easter next year.
0: Under the notices of motion, you put up a motion for a review of the flood. What are you hoping to achieve by this notice of motion?
1: Um, I think it's important for us to consistently um, look at what worked, what didn't work. I chair the local disaster management group, so I have a a dual role. One is, I guess, the protection of lives and, and property and environment during the emergency, during the flood, but also that recovery period. So, I actually have a legislative obligation there. And in discussion with the, you know, we have two former councils in our council, and I think it's widely accepted that, Council's response back in 2011 wasn't that great because it hadn't been a flood for a while. Um, but in 2013, the council did a really great response. So we're quite fortunate that in our council that we have uh, many senior people in the roles chairing the local disaster coordination centre and that had up the emergency management unit that have been with council for a long time. So they were there for the previous floods. So I think... Um, I've had a lot of feedback from people that they are very impressed with how we responded to the emergency and recovery, but I think there's always room for improvement and I really would like to make sure that we get consultation and feedback from the community on
0: it. Questions on notice to the CEO was an interesting one this month. How many fines and court prosecutions have been issued on litter dumping and unlawful signage?
1: yeah Council Tallyimu uh, asked for that question, I know, so I think that'll be very interesting to see um, how active that has been.
0: I think I might know why he's asking that. Uh, I've noticed a few election signs in places they shouldn't be around Ipswich.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I think so too. <laughs> um, the, their local laws were amended under administration, and so you know you can have them on council property, but they can't be on parks, they can't be on council. Infrastructure, so you can't have them secured onto council fences and things like that. And I can see when I drive around that candidates are putting them elsewhere, especially from certain parties. So look, I'll probably send a letter out to them all next week just to give them a reminder to follow our local laws. I don't infringe on anyone's political freedom, but you know the laws need to be applied consistently.
0: Mayor Teresa Harding, thanks once again for speaking with Ipswich today. Thank you so much, Alan. As mentioned at the start of this episode, here's the full condolence motion to Gay Anderson as read by Councillor Kate Kunzelman at the April meeting of Ipswich City Council.
2: It is with sadness that I record the death of Gay Anderson, wife, mother and grandmother and leading citizen in our community. She has left a grieving family, husband Vern, children Sean, Dax and Amity and six grandchildren. Gay was born in 1950 in Ipswich and lived here all her life. She attended North Ipswich State School (coughs) and Girls Grammar, contributing as an active old girl for many years. It was her entrepreneurial talent that led to significant success as the owner of hair salons across Ipswich. In this way, she contributed to the economic development of our community and contributed to the training of many apprentices, leading to an association with TAFE as a trainer. It was a particular commitment of hers to supply wigs to women who had lost their hair due to cancer treatment. Gay was member number one of Ipswich Zonta, a service organisation working for the advancement of women. She contributed to Zonta for 42 years, and this is where I met her and worked with her. Her fundraising activities were legendary and there are countless instances in which she extended hospitality and hosted fundraisers. Zonta's funds promote activities that contribute to the well-being of women, including domestic violence projects. Gay also contributing, contributed to fundraising at the Hospital Foundation and other organisations. It was her personality that drew people to Gay. She could make you feel that you were the most interesting person in the room, <clears throat> was welcoming of visitors and drew people together in common cause. It is important to mention that Gay always supported Ipswich, even in periods when it was less than fashionable to do so. She had faith in this community and talked up its many advantages that we all know so well. Judging by the growth of our community, these advantages are now becoming obvious to so many others. Finally, Ipswich City Council pays its respect to Gay's family and recognises her significant contribution to our community.
0: And on a personal note, I first met Gay Anderson not long after arriving in Ipswich in 1998. Councillor Kunzelman put it so well when she said, it was her personality that drew people to Gay. She could make you feel you were the most interesting person in the room. Gay was also known for her style and grace. Only last year Gay said to me something like, who wants to dress as an old person? And I shall always think of Gay Anderson as being forever young. Rest in peace Gay, and deepest condolences to the family. A reminder, you will find handy links in the show notes, including council meeting minutes and agendas you can also watch meetings live or on demand via Council's YouTube channel. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener supported. Please make a once only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favorite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from Smart Speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode, or go to ipswichtoday.com.au.